Come on, I said good morning, new life. How we feeling this morning? That's good enough for me, but can we give it up for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? Come on, if you're grateful that you even woke up this morning, if you're grateful that you have breath in your lungs, if, you have, if you're grateful that your mind is still intact. Man, what an honor it is just to be with you this morning. And um, can we just first honor and acknowledge our pastors? And I know they're watching this service because my dad's going to make sure I'm not saying anything crazy. <laughs> um, but I just think, um, as I was thinking about preaching and, and just this sermon series that we're in and, and in concluding this series on miracles, I was just thinking about the faith that it would take for someone to preach a message a series on miracles while needing a miracle. And I just believe this morning that that's the kind of faith that God wants us to have. That yes, I may be in need. Yes, I'm not seeing what I want in front of me. But I'm believing in faith that while I'm waiting, he is working. While I'm waiting, he's making all things together for good. Can you give God some praise that while I'm waiting for the miracle, he's working. While I'm waiting for healing, he's moving. While I'm waiting for a breakthrough, I'm believing in faith that I serve a God that even though I don't see it, he's working. I don't have to walk by what I see, but I walk by faith. While I'm waiting, he's working all things together. Give God some praise right now if you're thankful that we serve a miracle working God. I'm believing this Sunday that God is going to give us a fresh perspective, a fresh word. Now, how many of you guys just, man, I, I'm just needing a touch from God. I'm needing encouragement. I'm needing hope. How many are thankful that we just serve a God, that he provides what we need? Not when we think we need it, but how many of you know that his timing is, is perfect? So let's pray, and um, we'll jump right into it. Jesus, be with us this morning. God, show us what you're doing, how you're doing it, God. Can we get a perspective from heaven? And God, ultimately, we pray that your word would not return void, that it would penetrate the hearts of the people that are listening to this message, whether that be via online or in person. We pray that lives are changed, lives are touched today. God, we're believing for breakthrough today. We're believing for healing today. God, would your Holy Spirit move within us. We pray this in your mighty and precious name. Amen. Amen and amen. The title of my sermon this morning is The Middle of a Miracle. The Middle of a Miracle. And I want everyone to just declare this over your life. I am in the middle of a miracle. I am in the middle of a miracle. I'm in the middle of God's provision. I'm in the middle of God's blessing. I am in the middle of his hand over my life. I am in the middle of his protection. Come on, say it like you believe it. I am in the middle of a miracle. Fill your name in there. I, Ryan, am in the middle of a miracle. I didn't hear you say your name. 
Let's read. Turn with me, and would you mind standing to your feet for the reading of the Word of God? This is um, just in a custom we do here at New Life that our pastor um, does every time he preaches. So guess what? He's our pastor. We're going to do it too. John 11, and we're going to be in verses 1 through 25. And some of you are like, you're really going to make me stand for 25 verses. Just be patient. I didn't want to read all 25 verses. Then I was studying. I'm just like, we have to read all 25 verses. We can't miss this. How many of you guys believe that the word of God is powerful? It's, it's still alive today. And so when God speaks, he speaks through his word. He speaks through people. And um, let's just read 25 verses with a really good attitude. Amen. Some of you just kick your sibling or brother or son or daughter and just say, toughen up, little one. <laughs> Verses 1 through 25, John 11. And I'm going to be reading in the NLT. Um, my dad really likes the NIV. That's something that we fight about often. I'm joking. <laughs> Verse 1, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped with them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. When Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight in every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can, they can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. That's one way to bring some news. Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too and die with Jesus. Where am I at? I lost my place. 17? Man, you guys are on it. <laughs> I completely lost where I was. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to see him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. You can be seated. 
This story is so intriguing to me, and it's a popular story in the Bible. It's, I'm sure you've heard a message. I'm sure you've heard of this story before. But as I was reading this story, I, I, I saw it from a new light. And as I was reading this story, recapping and walking through it, I see Lazarus being sick and Lazarus' sisters obviously being concerned for their brother. And so they decided to go to Jesus. Lazarus and Jesus at this time, they were very good friends. They were very close relationally. So as Lazarus was getting worse and getting sicker, they said, we have to go find this Jesus guy and see. I mean, we, we've heard about him doing miracles. We've even seen miracles. We've, we, we've seen him um, make blind people see and lame people walk. We have to go see where Jesus is and, and see if he can help his friend and our brother Lazarus. So they go to Jesus and, and Mary and Martha go up to them and they go, hey, Jesus, Lazarus is like really sick. Like he's not doing well. Your friend, our, our brother, brother, he's not doing well at all. It started out with allergies and now he's like, he's close to dying. I've, I've never seen anyone die before, but he's on the verge of it. And Jesus goes, don't, no, don't worry about all that. Lazarus, not, his sickness, this little thing right here, it won't end in death. Few days pass by and Lazarus dies. Could you imagine the feeling of, of heartbreak, getting a word from God, just to see God do the absolute opposite about what he said? Could you imagine getting a word from Jesus, getting a dream? just for God to do the exact opposite of what he said he was going to do. Could you imagine how Mary and Martha felt in that moment? Could you imagine the feeling of betrayal? That Jesus, why would you tell me my brother was not going to die? Just to have him a few days later die. Jesus, why would you give me hope like that? Why would you give me a false hope? Now I have family members coming into town to grieve the very thing that I never thought that I would lose because you told me I wouldn't lose him. Now you're feeling this grief, you're feeling pain. The story shows us when God gives you a word or a dream, it may not always look like how you think it's going to look like. Have you ever felt like Lazarus' family before? You have family members coming into town. They're preparing for the funeral. And all the while, they're preparing to bury their brother. In the back of their mind, Jesus, I, I never thought that this would happen because you told me it wouldn't happen. You told me you would provide for me. And when I look around, I see the opposite of your provision. I see the opposite of your hand on my life. I see the opposite of a blessing. When you gave me that word, I never thought that I would have to bury that word and that word would be dead. Have you ever had a dream? Have you ever had a hope for your family? And now you're just, you're grieving over the fact of what could have been. God, why would you give me this job? You know I've been praying and praying. You know my financial situation. And you give me a job just, just so I can get let off of my job when COVID happened. I would have not even rather had the job in the first place. Why would you leave me like that, God? 
You said you're going to provide all of my needs and, and be an ever-present help in the time of need, but when I look at my life, I feel alone. I feel like I can't hear you. Where are you, God? Have you ever grieved over what could have been? Have you ever grieved of God? I prayed for my babies. I've struggled with infertility with, for years, and you finally gave me my babies just so my babies can grow up and, and leave me and leave the church. Why would you give me this blessing only for the blessing to turn into a curse? I just want to be honest. Can we be honest in church? That God can handle your authentic feelings. God can handle how you really feel. We need to stop faking it and come to church and just, man, God, you're a provider. You go in your prayer closet and you're seeking God and you're just, God, you're going to provide. I know it's going to work out like you have zero dollars in your bank account and you don't have a job. It's okay to be honest. Like, God, I'm really lost right now. Am I the only one? Like, God can handle your true feelings and how you're feeling. Imagine Lazarus. Like, that's a tough spot to be in. You start out like, I have terrible allergies, super allergic to cats, by the way. If you have cats, I'm praying for you, and I'm praying that you get clarity and you get rid of them from it's like, wow, Ryan, you come back from Texas and you read 25 verses and you're telling me to get rid of my cat. Um, this is a lot. Imagine Lazarus, though. It would like start out with allergies. Oh, the weather's changing. Um, a couple days go by and your cough like starts getting really bad. And a runny nose is now like you can't even breathe. Lazarus is kind of chilling there, and I imagine him laying on the couch, like just wrapped up in blankets. I don't know why it's the couch, but I would probably be on the couch if I was in his position, like wrap me around in some blankets. He's probably really cold. I just imagine him like, uh, Mary, Martha, um, my friend Jesus, he, I've seen him do like a bunch of miracles. Would you mind just like I can't walk myself. My legs are so weak right now, by the way. Can you just go over there and um, see if you can help? So they're like, yeah, absolutely, we'll go. So Mary and Martha go to Jesus. They're like, um, Jesus, Lazarus, he's not doing well at all. Like, it's really, really bad. Give them more. They go back to Lazarus. Lazarus is on the couch. He's cold. He's coughing. He can barely breathe. His eyes are swollen. They go, Lazarus, don't worry. Jesus, he literally said that you're going to get healed. You're not going to die from this. And so if I'm Lazarus, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I can already start smelling a little better. This is going to be amazing. I've never died before, and I certainly don't want to try it. And so Lazarus just fills up with his hope, and, and, and the next day rolls around, he's like, this doesn't really feel like I'm not going to die. Like, I've never died, but this feels like I'm getting pretty close. Just imagine, like, taking his last breath. Man, I really thought I was going to get healed from this. Could you imagine being almost dead? Like, if your mind could even go there. Could you imagine being almost dead and someone's going to tell you, yeah, you're not going to die, just to only die? What do you do with that? With that grief, what do you do with feeling 
betrayed by God. I just want to remind you this morning, the Bible says he's going to work all things together for good. And some of you are like, well, Ryan, like, what does that mean? No, it, it, it means all things. When the Bible says he will work all things out together for good and for his glory, that means all things. So, yes, that too. What you're struggling with, yes, that too. Your kids, yes, that too. He will work all things out together for good. And I think we just need to... We need to start being just honest, number one, with ourselves and with God. God can handle your feelings of grief. He can handle your your hurt by maybe even him. That God, I just I, I never thought that I would get divorced the first time, and I never thought my life would turn out this way. I I, I didn't sign up for all of this when I when I decided to follow you. I didn't know all this was going to come when I raised my hand in church and gave my life to you. And I've been trying to figure it out. I've been trying to have faith. I've been trying to read my Bible. I've been trying to do all the right things. But it, it seems like everyone else that doesn't follow you is getting promoted and they're getting blessed and they're getting, they're getting the comforts of life. And I just find myself struggling. Find myself, is it even worth following you? Why, why would a good God give me a word about my brother that he wasn't going to die just to have him die? Why would God give, give me that dream in the first place? Why, 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 why would he say that he's going to work out all things, but it, it, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it. I feel lonely, I feel lost, and I feel, I feel broken. I think for some of you, you've been grieving a season of your life. You've been grieving some things. You've been, you've been grieving what could have been. And I want to pick back up the story in John 11, verse, verse 32 through, through 44. It's like, man, another 10, 12 verses? This guy is coming in hot. John 11, 32 through 34. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus... She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. If only you had been here, maybe my dream would have never fallen apart. If only you'd been here, maybe my family would have been reconciled. If only you'd been here, I would have had peace. If only you'd been here, I would have had joy. If only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed the blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha said the dead man's sister protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell would be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. 
But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus added, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. So this story is just quite honestly maybe the most interesting story in the Bible. There's a lot of un, uh, like questions that I have. So basically, Lazarus died. And for four days, for four days, he stayed dead. For four days, his family members from out of town that attended the funeral were grieving together. All of the things that happened at a funeral. All of those things were happening for four days. You know how long four days is? To grieve what was once lost, to grieve something that is dead? For four days, they woke up with their brother no longer living. For four days, there's been dreams that have been dead, and, 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 and there's been plans for Lazarus' life that are just gone because he's not here anymore. For four days, they woke up feeling betrayed, feeling like God was against them, feeling the feelings of no longer being able to hug or talk with their brother. For four days, they woke up. Sure, they were up late at night thinking of, man, I just wish my brother was here. I wish it was different. For four days, and what I've, what I've discovered in studying this scripture is those four days represent season. It's four days, maybe for you, it isn't four days, but it's four months. It's four years. It's 20 years. Maybe you've just been grieving in a season of your life. Maybe you've been grieving of what could have been and how my life should have been, and I just never thought I would get to this low of a point. For four days, that just represents a season of their life that they were grieving. And for some of you, it's been decades and decades. You just feel like chains are around you. You feel like you can't catch your breath or catch a break. Whatever that season is for you, they experience four days of, of, of heart loss, of heartbreak. And what's interesting is all of those four days, they had no clue Jesus was going to come back and resurrect their dead brother. Those four days, that season, they had no idea that a man named Jesus was going to come back and raise him for the, from the dead. They had no idea in those four days in that season that they were in the middle of a miracle. They had no idea that they were in the middle of God's blessing and his provision. They had no idea that Jesus was going to come onto the scene and start to resurrect some things in their life. And I'm here to tell you this morning that even though you don't see it, you're in the middle of a miracle. You're in the middle of God's blessing. You're in the middle of his provision. Your life is in the palm of his hand. You are in the middle of a miracle. They had no idea that Jesus was going to come back in the scene and resurrect a dead thing. And you have no idea what Jesus is getting ready to do in your life. When it seems silent, he could be moving the most. They didn't hear God in those four days, but they sure felt him would come the fifth day. 
and had no idea. Sometimes miracles just don't feel like miracles until the miracle happens. Sometimes when God gives you a word over your life, it's not for that same day he gave it to you. Sometimes he has to take you through a season to bring you into a season. Jesus can handle your feelings of defeat because he is in control of your life. You aren't. He can handle your true feelings because he sees the bigger picture. So to Jesus, I'm sure he was just smiling at Mary and Martha while they were complaining to him, only saying, if you only knew what's to come, if you could only see your life through my perspective, you would never stress out a day of your life because I'm in control. And if I'm in control, miracles are coming. If I'm in control, peace is coming. If I'm in control, I will work all things out together, not you. I'm just here to encourage someone that has been grieving a season. And I'm, I'm not here to say that, that God's, gonna, God's just going to show up right now. As soon as you leave, it's going to be like Miracle Sunday. It's just miracles everywhere. You just walk out and someone hands you $200. It's like, oh, my goodness. Ryan, you are the best. Preach more. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying whether you realize it or not, whether you can feel it or not, your life is a miracle. It's a miracle that some of you are here today and your mind is still kept. Your mind is still sane after all the trauma that you went through. You're still breathing and alive today. You were able to come to church. You were able to watch online. It's a miracle that you're breathing. It's a miracle that you're here. After all you've went through, you get to look the devil in the face and say, you gave me your best shot and my God is still big enough. My God is still greater than your plans. My God is still protecting me. My God is still giving me a hope and a future. My life is a, my life is a miracle. Oh, I don't have to see things change around me to believe it because God's kept me this far. He's protected me this far, and I know he won't leave me in the future. Yes, I'm nervous about my future. Yes, there's some things I can't control. And God is still good. And God is still providing me. How many know you can be both things as a Christian? You can be two things as a Christian. I'm fearful, and I know God's in control. I'm hopeless right now, but I'm hopeful because I have, he has plans for my life to give me a, a future and a hope. I feel broken and I feel complete because my identity is rooted in Jesus. I think we should just take the word but out of our vocabulary in all occasions. None of this None of this, but, like, yes, I know God's in control, but, 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 like, there's so much. No, it's and. You, you could be worried, and he still got you, and he still kept you, and after everything that he's been through, he's still been good. I, I can't even begin to, to explain to you that, how, 
how miraculous that some of you, I know some of your story. The fact that you still have joy is a miracle. If I walked through what you walked through, I, I wouldn't even be alive today probably. It's a miracle that you're here. It's a miracle that you woke up this morning. For four days, they were grieving a season of their life. It was silent. How many of you ever felt like it's, it's just, it's silent? I don't feel you. I certainly don't see you. In fact, my life has just gotten worse since I gave my life to you. Sometimes when it doesn't see, seem like God is moving, it could be the very time that he's moving the most. Because miracles don't feel like miracles until it happens. Sometimes miracles are a process. Sometimes, sometimes miracles are, it, it will take you a season to walk into what you're wanting or, or what you're needing. Four days, that's, that's a long time for, for something to be resurrected. Four years, 20 years, sometimes miracles are a process. And please don't let any other Christian tell you that the reason you're in the place that you're in now is because of your lack of faith or you not trusting God. Sometimes miracles are just a process. Sometimes you're just in the waiting. And while you're waiting, he is working. It's not because you're not praying long enough. It's not because you haven't renewed your mind. No, sometimes miracles are a process. I've heard other Christians say things like, if you would only just pray harder for your dad, and like you just need to renew your mind and take that captive. Well, I've tried. I've tried to renew it. But God's taking him through a process. And while we're in the process, we're believing, yes, my dad's getting better and, and God's in control. Yes, cancer is not the best and God is good. It's a process. Someone say, I'm in the process. Yes, pray. Yes, believe. But sometimes God... God uses doctors, he uses things, he uses other people to provide you a job, to provide a miracle. He, he will take you through a process. Sometimes miracles are just a process. So the next time someone says, well, you just got to really intercede, you got to really intercede, 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 intercede. Tell them, I'm in the process of walking in my miracle. I'm in process. And I'm believing while I'm waiting, I'm getting stronger. While I'm waiting, I can have peace. While I'm waiting, I can have joy. While I'm waiting, he's working. While I'm waiting, he's providing. While I'm waiting, I don't have to wait for the miracle to praise him. I can praise him right now because he's kept me for this long. And I believe in, I'm just going through the process. You know, what I've learned about this story is sometimes when you're in the middle of something, it kind of sucks. I can hear my mom, you probably shouldn't say sucks. 
Well, well you're, you're at home. I'm playing. <laughs> My dad's going to call me. Hey, we actually got you a flight back to Texas. What is it when the when the cats away the mice play? What is it? What is the phrase? Is that it? When the cats are away the mice play? That's it. We're playing. Um. <laughs> oh, wrap it up, Ryan. Get it together. Um. What was I saying? Oh, starting things. Sometimes starting things suck. Sometimes it's, it, it's not starting things. Sometimes when you're in the middle of things, it's just, it's not the funnest thing in the world. Sometimes the process isn't fun. Sometimes waiting isn't fun. Have you ever started like a weight loss journey or a diet? <laughs> Let me tell you, starting the weight loss diet, it's kind of fun. Right? You start to envision yourself in a bathing suit at the beach. It's like, man, I already feel, I haven't started yet, but I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just feel ripped. It's feel good. It's fun starting it. In fact, it's even funner finishing it. You're down 20 pounds, you feel light, you feel good. But it's in the days and the weeks where it's like, really? Broccoli, kale, and salmon again? For the for two weeks in a row, kale, why would they even do this diet? This is the stupidest thing I've ever even seen. You're going to make me eat kale and broccoli for two weeks? No wonder why I'm losing weight. I'm killing myself. <laughs> Starting it isn't that bad. Finishing is great. It's in the middle where it's tough. Oh. You know, it's it's fun giving your life to Jesus. It's fun being saved. Like, man, I was jacked up. And then God got a hold of me. And it's like, oh, I feel so free. I feel amazing. And I'm sure 30 years into your faith, it's like, man, I've been committed for 30 years. I know people in this room have walked with God for 30 years. Can we stop the sermon and Praise God for all of the older people in our church that have walked with God faithfully. Yes, they've stumbled and fallen, but they have been consistent. And we need the older generation to speak into my generation and the generation before me. Walk with God for 20, 30 years. Oh. It's fun. It's fun starting to walk with God because everything's new. It's like, oh, my gosh, every worship song, you're just on your knees. Just, God, you murdered me in worship again. It's fun getting in your faith because you have some history with God. It's in the time in the middle where you have questions and you have doubt and you have, you have these real things that come up that, man, I, I didn't think my life would be like this while being a Christian. I, I didn't. It's in the middle where it's hard. And in closing the service, I, I, I do want to give an opportunity for a response in the service. And the worship team is going to come up, and we're going to sing a song in a little bit. And, um, but I just feel like whatever season that is for you, it's 
Sometimes it's still difficult for you. Sometimes it's, yeah, it's a process, but it's a long process. And I'm not here to tell you that all of your problems or all your worries are going to go away. But I am here to remind you that while you're waiting in the middle, you're actually in the middle of a miracle. Lazarus's family had no clue for four days. They had no clue what was to come. And I'm just here to tell you, you have no clue what's to come in your life, in your family, in your kids. Don't give up hope just yet. Keep hoping, keep praying, and keep believing. Keep saying, I'm in the middle of a miracle. I'm in this process of God providing. I'm in this process of God protecting me. Would everyone just stand up to your feet in closing? I just want to, I want to give an invitation for people to come up to the front if maybe you just find yourself in a season of grief, just, God, I just didn't think I would be at this place. I didn't think that my kids would be here. I didn't, I didn't think I would ever get this low. Maybe for some of you, you've been, just been feeling betrayed. You've been feeling hopeless. You've been feeling lost. Maybe for some of you, you're just grieving over what could have been. Man, my life just, it, it could have been different if only this didn't happen, if only that didn't happen. I just want to invite you to come to the front right now. If you've been just feeling thoughts of betrayed, thoughts of loneliness, thoughts of fear, thoughts of Man, God, I just don't see you right now. Just come to the front, up to the front. If that's you, we're going to pray for you, then we're going to sing, sing a song. And while we sing, we're believing for God to speak to us in a new way, in a new light. Just God, I just didn't think I would be here. But how many of you know that while we're in the middle of it, he's working all things out together for good? Amen. Jesus, we just pray right now in your mighty name. We pray for those who, whose hearts are broken. We pray for those dealing with fear, dealing with, with loneliness, dealing with grief, God. We just pray that, God, you would give us a fresh perspective from heaven. That as we're in the middle of it, we are in the middle of a miracle. While we're waiting, you're working. While you're waiting, you're, we're, you're providing. So God, I pray a blessing over, over this church. I pray a blessing those needing a miracle. God, I pray that you would just comfort them, Jesus. You would walk with them all the days of their life and they would know as they're walking through the process, you're walking with them too. You're providing Jesus. In your mighty and precious name, we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Let's worship together, church.